0: a truly bizarre game ends in a win for IU on Saturday, but leaves us wondering how much more we even know about IU after that performance. You are locked on Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. what is up everyone it is monday september 12th this is locked on hoosiers your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything iu athletics i'm your host as always jacob rude i want to thank you guys for making locked on hoosiers your first listen every single day today's episode is brought to you by underdog sign up on UnderdogFantasy.com with the promo code locked on Get your first deposit doubled up to $100. We'll talk more about them later on in the show. It's hard to really put into words uh, how weird Saturday's game was for the Hoosiers. For those that missed it, ultimately Indiana wins 35-22. That doesn't even remotely tell the story. IU looked all out of sorts in the first half, trailed 10-0 to Idaho at halftime, and then proceeded to score 29 unanswered points in the second half. They scored on every drive in the second half, aside from their final one, which ended in the victory formation. In between was a lot of questions, some answers. It's hard to really dissect everything. Uh, I think to really dive into this, you have to split it up into what went wrong in the first half, what went right in the second half, and a lot of this episode is going to focus on the offense. There are things about the defense I want to talk about. We'll save that. Uh, most likely for tomorrow's show, but the offense seemed to be where a lot of the problems were in the first half, and where a lot of the solutions were in the second half. Look, I, I will say uh, the weather didn't help things on Saturday, and I saw that as a, a couple people suggested. I don't disagree. I, it certainly didn't help. How much? Uh, how much is it to blame? I don't think it was a majority in in any sense. I don't think it was the biggest factor. Um, look, it is the state of Indiana, the Midwest, in the fall. It, you got to learn how to play through inclement weather like that because that will certainly not be the first time the weather isn't going to be on your side this season. So while I, I think there were a couple moments where you could pretty easily point to The rain coming down, the ball slipping out, that fumble in the first half, for example. Uh, You got to learn to play through that. What I think happened that was a lot more noticeable, I think IU, the way Walt Bell wants to play, IU wants to go fast. And when things are working and you're in a rhythm like they were in that second half, you score quick. That was 29 points. In a quarter and five seconds. It was five seconds into the fourth quarter, they got their last touchdown. So, uh, in 15 minutes and five seconds, IU scored 29 points because they were, it was moving, the ball was coming out, Um, they were creating holes in the run game. We'll talk about that. But in the first half, the passes weren't connecting, there were uh, runs being stopped in the backfield. And when you want to move as fast as IU does, real quick, it's a three and out if it's not working like uh, it did for a lot of that half. Now, some of it, I re- <laughs> when I watched it on Saturday, I was very annoyed, honestly, was probably the, the, fra- or the emotion I felt most. Um, but I rewatched it on Sunday. I felt a little bit better. Maybe I was able to remove some of the emotion from it because I knew it ended in a win, it was correctable things that they struggled with, but it's concerning they struggled with all of that. A lot of it, not a lot of it, uh, some of it is still miscommunications with QB and receiver, whether there's a couple different patterns where Baslack thought somebody was running one pattern, the receiver was running another one, the throw ends up in the dirt with n- nobody around. Uh, There was a play, for example, where uh, A.J. Barner had a kind of a delayed route up the middle. He was kind of stumbling. If he doesn't stumble, if he gets his head turned around uh, a second or two earlier, it's a big completion. He has one man to beat to get into the end zone. I also think it's weird to say this after everything I said. It may not have been as bad as it felt because if not for kind of a couple cumulative feet, IU leads that game, and you probably feel a little bit different because if the first field goal goes in or the second field goal goes in, I think we would have felt differently about that game. IU probably feels like it has a little bit more momentum. Maybe Idaho doesn't feel quite as optimistic, and... I mean, they had one really good drive, which, again, we'll talk about the defense probably on Tuesday show. Uh, there were some positives and some concerns, again, with that. But if either of those field goals go in or IU was able to punch it in at the goal line, it kind of looked like Sean Shivers came pretty close on third down, third and goal. He ended up across the goal line. It looked really close. I thought they might review it. IU ran up there to the goal line to try to go quickly on fourth and goal and got stopped, and that was that. They never really looked at the play again, um, which kind of alludes to my previous point that I think they might move too fast at times. Now, maybe you hope that your players are able to adjust to that speed, and once they get comfortable with it, it'll cause more confusion. They'll have the upper hand against defenses but what is happening right now is that they're just as confused as anybody. And when it's not working, you lead. it leads to you trailing Idaho by double digits at halftime. Now, the second half, a lot of it was simply not getting off schedule on your drives, completing the passes, creating holes in the run game, getting positive yardage on plays. Bazelak looked better in that second half, uh, especially as the half in... Specifically, the third quarter went along. He looked better and better, got into more of a rhythm, hit his receivers in stride. Uh, Even that first scoring drive, I thought his receivers kind of bailed him out on a couple of different plays. Maybe not bailed him out, helped him out, certainly. Um, But you could see once he got that momentum, once IU scored, everybody, the pressure was coming off of their shoulders, you could see. And everybody was playing looser, and it looked a lot better and a lot better. The running game, as we've mentioned, was improved. Um, I there, there were still moments. It wasn't consistent, uh, but IU was able to take up big chunks of yardage. Uh, you would like to be able to always get three, four, five yards. There were still times where Shivers and Henderson were having to make guys miss in the backfield, but there were also times where there were really big holes that they were able to get through, get to the second level. Shivers looked really, really good in that game. We're going to talk about him later. Uh, That always helps when the run game opens things up for you. It makes defenses, uh, it keeps defenses honest. Now, if we talk about the downside with that tempo, where in the first half where IU looks confused, the upside is what we saw in the second half, is that if you get a team on its back foot, if you're able to keep going, keep the tempo up, Suddenly you're scoring really quickly and you can look at that third quarter where IU scored at the 1031 mark. They uh, get the safety. They score less than two minutes later. They score at the 446 mark and then they score uh, to start the second or the fourth quarter. So you're looking a touchdown in two minutes, a touchdown in three and a half minutes and a touchdown in just under five minutes. Uh, separating the scores. So that snowballs. And suddenly, if you're the opposing team, you go from feeling really confident to, oh, crap, we're losing, which seemed to be what kind of happened to Idaho. The snowball effect works in both ways. It it got the better of Indiana in the first half. It got the better of Idaho in that third quarter and second half. There's a lot more to kind of digest and talk about with with the offense, and we're going to do that um, throughout the week, but that was, I mean, Jekyll and Hyde is as cli- is as the cliche saying it looked really, really bad in the first half. One of the worst halves I've seen IU play. Uh, and then it looked really, really good in the second half. I, I'm not really sure what to entirely make of it. Uh, maybe hopefully that first half serves as a bit of a wake up call, but you would think or hope that IU wouldn't need a wake up call a game in a, or a game into the season against Idaho. There's a lot we can still take uh, take away from that. I want to talk about three big plays Shockingly, they all come in the second half. Uh, that sealed the deal for IU in this one. First up we need to talk about today's sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Uh, th- uh, this episode as I mentioned, is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season um emphasis on easy to get started and easy to play while you watch your favorite team i've been playing around with the underdog app mentioned them heading into week one got uh for those that listen you have kind of a sense of what this is Uh, with college sports you're able to pick a game and then pick over and under of players so uh, heading into week one, you could pick the over or under on a specific amount of yards for Connor Bayslack over and under for receiving yards for, um, DJ Matthews, uh, over and under on interceptions from Bayslack. Uh, it works for both teams. Uh, we could have done it with Chase Brown at Illinois for rushing yards, uh, DeVito for passing yards. We talked a lot about that, uh, the Friday episode before that Illinois game, uh, just as some talking points to look at heading into that one. It's a really fun, really easy game. You make a series of these over-under predictions. The more you string together up to five, the more money you could win. Um, You can do just two. You can do three, four, five, depending on how lucky you are feeling. So head on over to the App Store today. Download that Underdog Fantasy app. Sign up with the promo code Locked On. And Underdog is going to double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. Uh, you can go to underdogfantasy.com or find that app in App Store or Google Play. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code locked on. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every single day. Make sure you guys head on over to our YouTube Subscribe over there. The audience is growing. We want to try to get to 500 subscribers by the start of college basketball season, the beginning of November. We are inching our way closer. Join that conversation. Join that uh, audience over there. Let's look at three plays that kind of defined IU's win on Saturday. As I mentioned, they're all three in the second half. They all three kind of came in succession. That first drive, Donovan McCauley's touchdown run, I thought was really important just to come out of the half with a score because IU very quickly defensively forces a three and out and then pieced together a really solid uh, drive. Started with a Sean Shivers 31-yard run. Uh, had a couple of big plays in there. DJ Matthews uh, touchdown, or excuse me, uh, back-to-back DJ Matthews catches. Uh, And then Donovan McCauley comes in. We mentioned, Tom Allen mentioned, there'd be packages where he'd play quarterback. He steps in at quarterback, runs it up the middle for a touchdown. That was really big, just to get that ball rolling. We mentioned the snowball effect. It has to start somewhere. So to come out of the gates right away, real quick in that second half uh, to get that score, I thought was really important. That um, came at the 1031 mark. It really, you could sense things starting to shift for IU and that momentum starting uh, to go their way a little bit. Now, where I think the tide really turned is our second play. This really wasn't a whole lot IU could do on this one. Um, I also made my notes that Donovan McCauley touchdown also featured one of the kind of most nonsense running into the pinner, punter penalties. Um, I mean, I guess maybe by the rules it was running into the punter. I, I thought the defensive player had a really good shot at blocking that, and it was milliseconds away. You're kind of telling guys not to go for the block. Um, I I don't know if that's their intention, but I thought it was a silly penalty there was some silly silliness going on with flags there was the interception in the first half where it it was the fourth down kind of trick play that ultimately was pass interference on indiana i mean the receiver got tackled but uh it was unfortunate because the throw was 15 yards short of the receiver but you can't just tackle somebody and Uh, Expect to get away with it. So there was some silliness going on. But the second play I want to talk about is that safety, which again, IU really had nothing to do with it. Uh, The first play is a penalty, a holding penalty on Idaho. The second play is an incomplete pass, which IU covered well uh, and got some pressure. And then the third play of the drive is a bad snap and a safety. But IU was able to kind of create some of that pressure by forcing a three and out to start, getting a touchdown, forcing uh, quickly Idaho into a second and long situation. Um, And IU could start, or excuse me, Idaho could start to feel that pressure. And things happen when you create pressure like that. Uh, It leads to a bad snap that Idaho just falls on in the uh, backfield or in the end zone. And that's where I thought things completely turned. That was the moment where I thought, oh, I you really have something going on here because it went from there's something building, building to uh, the switch was flipped, the tide was turned, whatever saying you want to use, all the momentum was with Indiana. And then the third play is that ensuing drive where Indiana capitalized on that momentum they had, came after the punt, after the uh, safety. Um, It was a four-play drive in 70 seconds. Uh, Baselak completes a pass to Camper uh, just across midfield. Uh, Another completed pass to Camper, an incomplete pass to Camper, and then a really heady play from Bazelak because he got uh, the defender to jump on the third and seven. He knew he had a free play. He took a risk. He threw it into triple coverage for A.J. Barner. He did that because he knew he had a free play. Uh, Barner comes down with a completion. It was a great throw and a great pass, or a great catch, excuse me. Great throw and a great catch uh, that Idaho really made look really, really good with some Purdue-esque tackling and allowed A.J. Barner to get free and score from uh, 43 yards out. That capitalized on the momentum. Everything was going IU's favorite at that point, and that's what I was. that's what I'm talking about when I say – that's what the up tempo offense looks like when it's working, because in the span of uh IU scored at the 10:31 mark to make it 10-7, and inside of two minutes later they were up 16 to 10, and that is how quickly things can change when IU has an offense clicking at the tempo it plays at and has a defense. That can create takeaways again in this instance it was a safety it wasn't a takeaway I you actually didn't have any takeaways in that game but that's just kind of the blueprint of how quickly things can change and I wouldn't be shocked if that's not the first time we see I really turn things up really quickly on a team like that to where you score bang 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 like that uh, and suddenly it feels like the tide is completely turned so I thought those three plays in that succession, not only was it big for that game Saturday, it switched the momentum. It was 16 unanswered points that got IU ahead and set the tone for the rest of the game. It's also kind of what you could see IU doing. If you change that safety to a pick six or an interception or a fumble, then you're looking at bang, 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 three big plays. Uh, three big sequences that leads to a touchdown, and that is pretty easily to see. You can pretty easily see that in a Big Ten game this season. So, hopefully, that is a blueprint for what is to come moving forward, but that was really important in Saturday to, to save IU from itself because it looked pretty grim there for a bit. Let's look at three key players from the game, three guys that stuck out to me uh, in that victory. Before that, though, Uh, as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your side. Um, especially when it comes to small businesses, you need to be firing on all cylinders. LinkedIn jobs is here to make it easier to find people you want to talk to faster and for free, create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. So your network can help you find the right people to hire simple tools like screening questions, make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's talk about the three key players from that victory, at least to me. Uh, we're actually going to start with somebody on the defensive side of the ball, just as a little bit of a teaser for tomorrow. Deshaun McCullough, boy, that second half really, really came on, made a number of really, really big plays. Uh, again, I only watched the third quarter in the first play of the fourth quarter. Uh, on my rewatch, I watched the first three quarters in five seconds, but that was more than enough to see Deshaun McCullough pop off the screen uh, it seemed like IU put him on the field a little bit more in that um, second half. At times, he was kind of spying Giovanni uh, McCoy, Idaho's quarterback. There were a couple plays he was. I don't know if they wanted to go with someone with a little more athleticism in that defense because McCoy had um, gotten some big scrambles, especially on a couple third downs to extend drives. I don't know if that was the thought process with getting McCullough on there. Uh, he only statistically, he only finishes with five tackles. Two of those were considered sacks uh, with two tackles for losses. Uh, he had a QB hurry as well. He was all over the place. The QB hurry came specifically on him spying, um, McCoy on a fourth down. Uh, he would look like he was playing a little bit of linebacker there. He played the bull position as kind of a edge rusher more than anything in that third quarter. Uh, he lined up in a couple of different places, though. He did line up at linebacker. Um, that's how IU's going to use him. They're going to put him all over the field. He's a, a special, special talent, man. He He's going to be a lot of fun to watch over the next couple of seasons, but we'll talk more about him and the defense in tomorrow's episode. We need to give lots of props to the run game. Sean Shivers, huge, huge outing for him. There were some questions about whether he could be a, th- a three-down back. I'm not going to say all of them are answered after a game against Idaho, but that was really impressive and gives you a lot of reason for optimism. 20 carries, 155 yards, and a touchdown. He had a couple big runs. He had a 46-yard run. He had, a, I think, a 31-yard run, I said earlier, on uh, the very first scoring drive. He came out, even when IU's offense looked really bad in the first half, I thought he was still a positive. He was still running the ball well. He really quickly passed his uh, yardage mark from the first game And this one. I, I I mean, you need to give the offensive line some props. This is what you would hope to have seen from them, is that they would be able to to respond and and handle an Idaho team defense, defensive line that is not going to be anything near what they are going to see in the Big Ten. Ultimately, IU runs 36 times for 239 yards. That's six yards a carry. That That is good. <laughs> you will take that every single game. So I thought IU responded well. There's still room for improvement. Uh, there were still times when uh, there was nothing there. And uh, I think that yardage mark it looks good because of some big chunk plays. But I'm not going to be too picky. I'll take the big chunk plays. Like, Um, there's room for improvement, but there's also room for praise. I don't think those are mutually exclusive. Also want to give a shout out to Josh Henderson who came on later in the game, uh, and ran the ball really well. Seven carries for 58 yards and a touchdown had two catches for 15 yards. So, uh, nine touches in total for 93 yards he was a really good compliment to Sean Shivers did a lot of really good things. He found some holes as well. He scored that touchdown at the start of the fourth quarter. Um, He was a guy running the ball out, running the clock out in the fourth quarter. So um, maybe his numbers weren't as good as even he was playing because he was, I, you kind of went one dimensional to end the game to try to run the clock out. But even then I thought he looked really good. So Henderson and Shivers, combined for 27 carries uh, for over 200 yards, 213 yards between them. Um, They caught a couple passes as well, three passes or three receptions for 18 yards. So 231 yards from your two running backs, you'll take that every day of the week. Uh, Really strong performances from both of those guys. Again, hopefully that's one of the positives you can build forward on Uh, heading into next week is that the run game looked to have gotten a bit more on track. Um, And and that's something you can continue to build on against Western Kentucky. IU right now on bet online is a six and a half point favorite over Western Kentucky. Even as bad as they looked in that first half, I'm a sucker. Six and a half points seems feels low at home. I would take that line right now. I've seen in other places it's as high as ten points for Indiana. I think it's going to go up. So if you can find it at six and a half points, I feel pretty good about that. Uh, so I will probably bet on that myself at six and a half points. Head on over to Bet Online to do that. Uh, a couple news and nuggets around college football. Uh, Michael Penix. We're gonna. This is going to be a weekly thing. We're gonna talk about him. Look at his uh, stat line. Washington. Uh, beats Portland State fifty-two to six. He went for three hundred thirty-seven yards, a pair of touchdowns, and an interception. He looks really good, man. I'm really happy for him that he uh, is able to get has been able to get healthy and look like the old Michael Penix again. So I'm really excited for him. I will continue to watch him. Uh, they're, they're a perfect Pac-12 After Dark team, even though this game. Uh, was not after dark. They're going to be on ABC next week uh, against Michigan State. So tons of reasons to watch that game. 7.30, I believe IU's game is at um, noon. So you should be able to watch that game uh, just fine. So more reason to tune into Pennix. IU's games at noon. So you can watch IU win, and then you can watch Pennix beat Michigan State. Unfortunately, shout out... Uh, Nebraska, I guess, for finally cutting bait on Scott Frost. I was hoping that they would at least hang on until IU beat him because that day was when his buyout was going to go from $15 million to $7.5 million, and it, the writing was on the wall. But he was so bad that they fired him, and they couldn't even wait three weeks at this point, which I don't know why they even brought him into the season, especially if you're going to fire him this quickly into the season, but you do you Nebraska. Uh, that game certainly looks, a. Uh, I f- I think it would be a lot more winnable now with, with that program kind of in turmoil and they're going to face Oklahoma right before us. Hopefully knock on wood, never too early to look uh, ahead toward a bowl game. Thanks again, guys for making locked on Hoosiers, your first listen every day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to talk about, I use defense, the good, and there were some bad from yesterday or from, excuse me, Saturday as well. Know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Every day, host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen, Locked On Big Ten. Follow us on Twitter if you have not already, at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a quick rating and review. Most importantly, though, guys, have a great start to your week. Hope your Monday is great and Leo.